Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Good morning, Passion family. How are you today? We doing good this morning? I have to say that I am very glad to be in this room with you and to get to worship with you. If you don't know me yet, that's okay. My name is Madeline, and I'm the kids pastor here, so I spend a lot of time with the cool kids. But for real, we do have not just some cool kids, we have some serious world changers in those rooms back there. So I'm really honored to serve in this capacity And even though our pastors, Pastor Steve and Pastor Julie, are not able to be with us today, I do want to just say thank you to them. I want to honor them for their leadership over this body, over this ministry, but also for their spiritual covering and their support that they have offered to Seth and I. And also, I'm just thankful that they trust me, this crazy lady, to be up here sharing with you this morning, so it really is an honor. Now, I hope that you came expecting to hear from the Lord today. I hope that you came to Passion Church, not just because it's what you do, and it's because it's a part of your routine, but you came because you want to see God move in your life. Or for those of you watching online, I hope that you came or tuned in today expecting to encounter God right where you're at, in your car or in your home or wherever that may be. But whether your expectation or your faith or belief in God, if it feels small to you or it feels great, whatever level of expectation you came with, it's been my prayer today and my full belief that it's going to increase. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing what? The Word of God. And we are going to hear His Word. We've already sang His Word out loud. Now we're going to read it and hear it together. And I believe that our expectation levels are just going to continue to rise. And then just as Paul prayed in in Ephesians chapter 1, my prayer for us has been that God would open the eyes of our hearts to see the hope that we've been called to. Anybody thankful for His hope? Amen. And the inheritance, the riches of inherit of his inheritance that is for us, who he calls his holy people. And last but not least, that our eyes would be open to see his great power that is for us. Everybody say it's for me who believe. <laughs> That's the key. We have to believe, believe. Help us, Lord. Help us, God, today and right now in Jesus' name, if there are any spiritually deaf or muted ears in this room, I command them to open in the name of Jesus. And open our eyes, Lord. I speak to our spiritual eyes, and I command them to open in the name of Jesus that we would see and we would come to know you for who you truly are. Thank you, Lord. We give you glory. Hmm. And if anyone here feels like they can relate to the man in the New Testament who said, Jesus, I believe, but heal my unbelief. Sounds a little bit contradictory, right? But sometimes my heart feels that way. It feels a little contradictory. 
And so it's comforting to know that just as Jesus responded to that man with kindness and with power, he also will respond to us. And so if that's you, you can pray that prayer. You can say, God, I believe, but heal my unbelief. But we can have both in our hearts at the same time. And he will be faithful to respond because he loves us. Are you thankful for that today? Amen. So if you're ready... You can go with me to 2 Kings chapter 4, and we're going to read together there. Before we read, I just want to reiterate a couple of things that Pastor Andrew shared with us last week, which was a good word, by the way. He shared with us the story of Elijah and the widow and how God used Elijah in some powerful ways. He used Elijah to multiply what? Do you remember? The oil in the widow's home. For the sake of her and her son's survival. And then later, he used Elijah to raise her son from the dead. And then Pastor Andrew asked us to imagine this church, this body, being full of Elijah's. He challenged us to make ourselves available for him to use to bring about miracles in other people's lives. And he pointed out that if we would do that, if we would say, God, use me, that this, this city would experience revival. This nation would not be able to remain the same. And I believe that. I stand with Pastor Andrew in that. But I think that since it is Pentecost Sunday, as we've already pointed out, it's appropriate to remember that Elijah was useful to God, not because he was cool. Right? Sometimes we think we're cooler than we are. I guess I'm going to learn whenever this baby gets here that I'm not so cool because she'll remind me. <laughs> well, the kids in kids' church remind me anyway, so it's fine. But anyways, he wasn't useful to God just because he had a lot of followers on social media. Or he got a lot of likes with every post that he put out. No, he was useful to God because he carried the Holy Spirit. And the same Holy Spirit that Elijah carried is the same Holy Spirit that God poured out into his believers on that day of Pentecost. And because it is the day of Pentecost, but God, who was the same God then, a couple thousand years ago, is still the same God today. And he wants to pour out his Spirit on his sons and his daughters. And he wants for us to carry the Holy Spirit, not just upon us, where he comes upon believers, but within us, because he wants to comfort us. He wants to counsel us. Y'all, we need the Holy Spirit. We don't need to look a certain way, and we don't need to have all these people following us, or we don't need to be liked to be useful to the Lord. We just need the Holy Spirit, and we need a relationship with Him and a dependency on Him, because He's enough. He's enough, and He's all that we need. He's not some force like in Star Wars which I like the movies, but he's much better than that. <laughs> he's much greater than that. He's much more powerful than that. And um, what was cool is that Elisha, so we had Elijah last week. Elisha noticed this. He said, that same spirit of God that Elijah has, I want it. And I want a double portion of it. 
And so because he was willing to go all the way, he followed Elijah until the very end of his lifetime. He served Elijah. He went into the difficult places when all the other prophets of God stood on the sidelines and just watched from a distance. Elisha got up close and personal and said, I'm not leaving his side until I receive the spirit of God that he carries because I want to be used by God in even greater ways than Elijah was. And Jesus himself, when he was on the earth in John chapter 14, he says, you will do these things that I have done and even greater things. So if we want to see him do greater things through us, which is possible because he doesn't speak things he doesn't mean, right? Then all we have to do is follow him, believe him, go all the way with him. And yes, the cost may be the cross. It may be difficult. It may cost us some things. It may cost us some sacrifice. We may have to step out when everybody else is sitting down. We may have to shout when everybody else is being quiet. Whatever he calls us to do, if we'll go all the way with our Jesus, then he will fill us with his Holy Spirit. And he says, ask for it. And he will give them to us. I'm thankful for that this morning. Are you? Okay, good. Just have to make sure. Now I think we're ready to read. But what we're going to see is that because Elisha carried the Spirit of God, a lot of miracles that Elijah did in 1 Kings, Elisha did in 2 Kings. This is one of those repeat miracles. Everybody say repeat. Why? Because God can do What he did then, he can do it again. Now, it may look a little different. Let me warn you. He healed you then. The way he heals you now may look a little bit different. He used you last week. The way he uses you this week might look a little bit different. But that's good. The point is, it's the same God. He still reigns, and he's the one who does the miracles, not us. He just wants us to be willing vessels that he flows through. Amen? Okay. Verse 1, 2 Kings chapter 4. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, How can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said to her, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each one is filled, put it to one side. Verse 5, she left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there's not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. Last verse, verse 7. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go, sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. Does this sound familiar? Similar, but not the same. So there's a few things that we need to learn, that we need to notice about this passage. I believe that God wants to speak to us this morning. Because here we have a woman who is truly aching. We have a woman who is in a state of desperation. 
Why? Because she had lost her husband and she was about to lose her sons. Everything that was precious to her because she had a debt that she could not pay. However, we must recognize that the circumstances and situations of this woman did make her unhappy, but they did not make her unfaithful. They did make her desperate, but they did not make her defeated. Her situations did make her unhappy, but they did not make her hopeless. Why? Because she knew a man. Not just any man. She knew a man who was filled with the Holy Spirit, who carried the presence and power of God. And I am not naive, and I do believe that we have some people in this house and in this body who have lost a lot. You know what it feels like to ache. You know what it feels like to be desperate. But the good news is that we know a guy. We know a man. He's greater than Elisha. And we need to be reminded of that this morning. That he's not just a cool dude. A kind and loving man. He's the king. And he reigns on the throne. And there is no darkness. There's no power. There is no person that is stronger than him. He's also kind and he cares and his arms are wide open. And just as Elisha said, how can I help you? Our king, this man we know named Jesus, is saying the same thing to us today. And there's nothing he can't do. So he's saying, how can I help you? There's no need that he can't meet. There's no void that he can't fill. There's no broken heart that he can't make whole. There's no physical or mental illness that he can't heal. And let me tell you something else. Your situations and your circumstances do not have to define you. I'm going to say that again in case the person that needed to hear it did not hear it. Your situations and circumstances do not have to define you. This widow was known for what she had lost because the title of this passage is The Widow. But it doesn't stop there. Because she was also known for what she gained. Because the rest of the title says Olive Oil. Right? So we do not have to be known just for what we have lost what we have suffered, but because we know a man named Jesus, we can also be known for what we have gained. We can be known for what he provided. So being in a place of desperation actually is the perfect setup for our God and our King to be exalted and to be seen in the physical realm for other people who surround us to say, I've heard your testimony and I believe with you that this God you serve is real and he really loves you and so I must experience this love for myself. This is the perfect place to be, is in a place of desperation. But we must do what she did. And the point number one I have for you today is cry out. She didn't cry out to just anyone. She cried out to someone who could help her. 
And we have a tendency in our human nature to want to just cry out in general. Because we want empathy. We want people to feel with us. And that is not wrong necessarily. And it is okay to cry about our situations. God understands that. Suffering, there's a season for sorrow. When we suffer, we need to cry. We need to let it out, right? But God doesn't want us to just cry about our situations. He wants us to cry out to to Him, the one who can change our situations. He wants us to not just cry out to anybody and everybody. He longs for us to cry out to Him, to run to Him, so that He can do something. He wants to help us. Amen. And maybe you feel like your prayers are pointless or they're bouncing off the ceiling and back to you. I've felt that way before. But if that's you, then hear these words. Inspired by our God, found in James chapter 5, verse 16. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Powerful and effective. Help us believe that, God. For if you have asked Jesus to forgive you and you've submitted to his lordship over your life and over your home, then you can know that he has made you righteous in his sight. Therefore, your prayers as his righteous people are powerful and effective. They produce wonderful results. They reach the throne room. Isn't that awesome? So, everybody, help, help me out. Help your neighbor out. Preach to them a little bit with the authority that God's given you. Tell them to cry out. Cry out to Jesus. Y'all are being real quiet. I'm not asking you to hug anyone. Just shout at them, okay? <laughs> cry out. Cry out to God. May we not be found lazy. May we not be found faithless. But may we become a people of prayer. A people who run to God and cry out to Him who can actually give us answers and bring about the restoration and salvation that we need. One more time, say cry out. out. Alright, thank you for speaking with some authority. Now, if we look back at verse number 3, we will see in this story that Elisha told the widow to go and gather jars from her neighbors. So she had to reach out for help. So our point, our second point for today that we need to learn from her is that we need to reach out. Because I believe that God in all of his mysterious ways chooses to use other people to bring about the miracles that we need in our lives. But so many of us, for whatever reason, maybe it's our culture that has influenced us to think this way, but we've been conditioned to think that as believers, we are okay to live on our individual islands and it's not okay to share with others what we're going through and that's just how we need to be. But God created the church to be a body. Physical body is the imagery, right? My, if I don't have feet, I'm going to struggle. Right? I mean, we need each other. That's the point. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 reveals to us the body is made up of many parts. And that means we all look different and we have different gifts. But he created us to unite us so that we could help each other. And I don't need to preach this again because Pastor Andrew stole my second point and preached it already. But I loved it. It was great. And in Acts chapter 2 verse 45, he also pointed out, 
that they sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who had a need. We exist for you, James. We exist for you, April. We exist for each other, right? So tell your neighbor, you exist for me. I'm giving you permission to say something that sounds really selfish right now, so take advantage of it, okay? I'm just kidding. We're not being selfish. This is what we're called to do. It's to reach out. Reach out and ask. You know what's cool is that I like to imagine she went to all, these, all of her neighbors and she had to knock on their doors and that would have taken a lot of humbling for me because it's hard for me to admit that I need help. It's hard for me to ask someone because I don't want to be a burden on them. But we were created to help each other, right? To give and share with what the Lord has given us. Everything that you own, Catherine, is because God gave it to you right? So God may want to use some of your stuff to help me. I'm not, um, but for real, God, God gives us the things that we have because he wants to use us to help those who don't have. Do you see that? Okay. I'm getting carried away. But the point is, is that the woman, after she asked for their jars later, she had to go sell them, right? So that meant she had to go out into the public And people began to see, that's what my jar was put to use for. Isn't that awesome? So they got to see, wow, God did a miracle and he used my jar to do it. So we shouldn't be afraid to reach out because we're actually giving our brothers and sisters in Christ, the people that God has positioned to surround us. There's not a coincidence that you're part of Passion Church. Because God has surrounded you with all of us because he wants to use us so that we can also participate in his miracle and we can see his glory and we can see him using what he's given to us. It's a privilege. It's an honor to pray for each other. It's a privilege. It's an honor to meet your needs. It's a privilege. It's an honor to share with you what God has given to me. So reach out. I volunteer as tribute. Okay, it's been a while since we watched The Hunger Games, but I really like that part. It's it's just, like, makes you feel powerful. Anyway, so, let's get back to the story. When the widow saw her little jar of olive oil multiply in front of her eyes, it actually happened through her hands. Do you see that? You see, she had a responsibility on her part, and it was to gather the jars and then to pour This took faith that required not only lip service, but also action. Sometimes, for whatever reasons, we want God to do the miracle and all the work. But one thing I've learned about our God is that he likes to partner with us. Because he wants us to get to see his power at work, up close and personal. And like Pastor Andrew said last week, he's not just interested in doing something for us. He also wants to do something in us. So he asks us to participate. So when you're praying for a miracle, wait on an instruction. Because most of the time there is going to be one where he wants to use you, where you have a responsibility and you have a part to play as well. Therefore, whatever... You have, 
God is asking of you and me today what Elisha asked of the widow then, and it was pour out. Everybody say pour out. In other words, surrender to God what you have already, even if it feels small. Even if it feels insignificant. She said, I have nothing except, there's a lot of power in that word, except a small jar of oil. And Elisha's response is the same response that I believe God wants to speak to us today. And it was, that'll be enough. That'll do. Just get some jars and take the little bit of oil you have and go pour out and watch what God will do. Now, we may not necessarily, this may not relate to us in the fact that we need our olive oil in our house to multiply, which I would like that because I like olive oil and it's expensive. But in this case, it can represent our praise and our worship. Does it ever feel small or weak to you? If your faith seems small, pour it out. If your dreams feel far-fetched or your life feels a little insignificant, pour it out at his feet anyways because he is able and he wants to take what you will give him and multiply it for his glory and for your good. Do you hear that this morning? That he is calling us to take what little we have and just pour it out at his feet. And I want to share with you and make sure that we see this as well, that Uh, First of all, I heard a pastor say, little is much when God is in it. Therefore, we must not just view it as insignificant, therefore God can't use it. No, 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 that means God can really get glory out of it. So give give to him what you feel like you have little of. Because all throughout scripture we can see that God is really good at taking what we lack in and turning leftovers out of it. He likes to flex. He likes to show his glory. He likes to show how powerful he is because he wants for people to be drawn to him so that he can restore that relationship back with us. Therefore, if you feel like you have a little gift, but it doesn't seem like it can be super effective, give it to him anyways and watch him use you and watch him multiply it within you. I told God years ago, I want you to use me to bring healing to people's bodies when I pray for them. But God, every time I pray, I don't see it. And he told me to pray anyways. And he told me to keep on praying because they need to see that God loves them. And it wasn't until this past summer, last year around this time, that I began to see the faith that I had that was really small. He multiplied it. Began to see the power, the gift that I knew somewhere deep down inside of me began to multiply until physical healings were literally happening in front of my eyes one after another and that is not because of me it's because of the Lord but what he asks of me is to pour it out anyways even when we can't see him moving will you still believe in him enough to pour out what you have at his feet I want to share a quick story with you and then I'm going to close but I wanted to be honest with you because you're my church family And just share with you something in case it encourages anyone in this room. Um, Over the last eight weeks, almost two months ago exactly, we had a scare regarding our pregnancy. 
And that took us to the emergency room, which was not a fun time. Um, however, we did receive good news that night that our baby was, had a strong heartbeat, and she was doing fine. But they told us, they told me, because they wouldn't let Seth in, so that was not very fun, but I understand. And they told me that, um, that there was a complication that needed to heal itself. Heal itself? Jeez, you can't do anything? But that's what they said. And if it didn't heal, it could cause complications, like worse complications and even a miscarriage. And so I knew that God can do this. And I believe that he's spoken to us about this child before we even conceived. And so I'm believing. However, I have to be honest and say that it was a journey for a few weeks. Even as we're praying, my faith felt really weak. My belief in God's promises felt really small. And um, I got trapped in my emotions. So I, at this point, not only needed a miracle in my physical body, but I needed a miracle in my mind. Anybody else? If that's you this morning, then just understand that the Lord can do it. <laughs> because it was in the private place of my home, which is another thing I wanted you to notice, that uh, she did this in her house. That the miraculous power of God multiplied behind closed doors. So God, is, His presence isn't confined to a building or to an event or to a worship service. He wants to move in miraculous and powerful ways. I'm speaking this over us prophetically. That you're going to begin to see His power and His tangible presence in your home like never before. If you'll go and you'll shut the door and you'll begin to pour out your praise, which is exactly what I did that day that I felt trapped and I knew I need God to move or I am going to go down into this ditch. It's only getting worse. So I just begin to pour out my weak praise and my weak worship and the Holy Spirit met me in my living room in a way that I haven't experienced in a really long time and he began to fill my mouth with his words and with the ability to worship God in a mighty way and a shift happened in my mind and strength returned to my physical bones and I could tell that there's been a difference in my home ever since. Why? I just poured out. That's all he asks. Cry out, reach out, and then just pour it out. And watch him do the work. So I want to close with this last thought. The widow, she was asked to gather these jars. And Elisha tells her to gather many, but he doesn't give her a specific amount. Isn't that like God sometimes to be a little vague? I'm like, can you tell me a blueprint? Like, can we know the whole future? And he's like, no, you just do the last thing I told you to do and I'll take care of the rest, right? And he also likes to leave room for us to make some choices here. I think he likes to see how much are you going to believe? Because she was told to gather many. She wasn't told, to get, she wasn't told how many. 
However, she gathered so many that she had enough olive oil not only to pay her debt, but to live on. Y'all, that's a lot of oil. That means it was a lot of jars. So her gathering much revealed that she was expecting much. Stay with me. Her actions that she took, the, the knocking much, revealed that she was expecting much. She didn't know how. She didn't know when. She just knew it's going to happen. So my responsibility is to gather many. So I'm getting as many as I can, right? So the last thing that we can learn from her today is this. It is our expectation in God accompanied by our movement, our action towards God that we will see breakthroughs and miracles in our lives. It's what brings about the miracles in our homes. It brings about the miracles through our hands. And so my question for us today is, what are you expecting? And how much are you expecting God to move? And I want to challenge you as well, that if you're expecting little, then, then start expecting more. If you want to see God move, and you want to see miracles happen in your mind, and in your heart, and in your family, and in your body, and in your home, and in your schools, and in your city, and in your nation, y'all, that's a lot of expectation to have. Therefore, our actions should be much, meaning we should be worshiping much. We should be praying much. And I'm sorry, but five-minute prayers a day ain't going to cut it, brothers and sisters in Christ. We have been called to pour out everything and as we pray and as we get down on our knees and we say God I'm expecting you to move he meets us there because he's faithful he's faithful and if you are if you've been struggling maybe to believe in his word then I want to challenge you to not just wait till Sundays yes you need to get your rear end here and you need to hear Pastor Steve and our, and our leaders speak forth the word. But also during the week in the private place of your home, read it out loud and see if things don't change. See if your faith doesn't increase. And maybe the songs that we sing, if you're struggling to believe the words on the screen, then I want to challenge you to sing it till you believe it. Sing it out loud and see if your faith doesn't increase in the Lord. So this morning, I want to give us the chance to respond. If you're wanting to see God do something miraculous in your life or through your life, and you're ready to take some action, maybe you're ready to cry out, maybe you're ready to reach out if that's what the Lord is asking of you, or maybe you just need to pour out some more then I'm going to ask you to stand with me right where you are, all over the room. Stand, move. What would your worship look like? What would your prayers sound like? What kind of sound would come from your lips? What kind of tears would fall from your eyes if you were truly expecting for Him to move in your worship?
worship doesn't have to look a certain way. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that we need to worship and sing and pray with expectation. And so God, right now, here we are. We are crying out to you. We recognize that you are the one who saves, that you are the one who delivers, that you are the one who sets people free. So we ask you to do that in the name of Jesus. Come on, church, lift up a sound. Cry out to him like you're truly desperate, like you're truly expecting him to move. God, we ask that you would do more miracles in this house, that you would do more miracles through our hands, through our lives, that we would begin to see you heal people through us, that we would begin to see you deliver people through us. God, we also reach out. We're willing to reach out. So we ask that you would begin to show us, put people in our minds that you want us to reach out to and pray to or ask for prayer from, not pray to. God, we also, in this moment, we just begin to pour out our praise. You don't need lyrics. You can make up your own. Pour out our praise. We pour out our worship. We pour out our hearts. We pour out our grief. We pour out our sorrow. We pour out our faith. God, we pour out everything that we have, and we give it to you, and we ask that you would fill us right now, that we would not walk out of here the same, but we would experience your presence in a tangible way.
that you have gathered together for great purpose in this community and even in this nation. Lord, I ask that this week you would increase our faith, that you would increase our confidence, that you would increase our expectation so that when we pray in your name, when we worship in your name, when we read your word, that we would see you move. And we would do it with an expectation that you're going to move, even when we can't see how. Help us to respond with action, with obedience. No more complacency in the name of Jesus. Increase our faith, Lord, and we thank you for that. We thank you that you have done a good work in us this morning, and we ask that you would continue it so that we can continue to see you growing us. We love you, Lord. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion. 